Welcome to this week's podcast from Suncoast Church. We hope that this message inspires you and helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to Suncoast. Uh, as you now know, my name is Stephen. If we haven't met, I am the uh, youth pastor here with my amazing wife, Ash. We've been doing this for about two years now and uh, been married for nearly two years now. So um, we've pretty much got this thing figured out, I think. Um, but that's a lie. Um, but I am excited to be sharing with you this morning. Uh, this is my second time sharing with the AM crowd. So thank you for... Uh, for, for not leaving. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to share this morning. Uh, my hope and my prayer for you this morning is simply that you would leave this place just a little bit better than when you walked in. That's all I want. I hope that this encourages you and challenges you just to step a little bit more into what God has in store for you. Maybe you're new here and you're just joining us from the Christmas production, or maybe you, uh, you were invited here. Maybe this isn't really your scene and you're doing someone a favor. I don't know how you, you got here this morning, but my hope for you is that, you know, we honestly just are so excited that you're here. We're so pumped to be able to get to know you. We believe God has an amazing plan for your life, and we just want to help explore that with you. And today, you're going to get a really good inside look into what your life could look like with Jesus. And uh, if you are a regular, if you've been following Jesus for a while, I think today is just going to help you go maybe a little bit deeper in your faith, maybe experience God in in a little bit of a deeper way in your day-to-day life, which I think we all want. So uh, I'm excited. And the title of my message this morning is Claim What's Yours. Claim What's Yours. Yours. Now, I want to kick things off with a question. Uh, I need everyone to participate, okay? Uh, I need to get to know you a little bit better. Who here, show of hands if this relates to you, who here has ever uh, paid for a gym membership, gone on a diet, or actively tried to be healthy before? Like, you've made that decision. Okay, a, a good chunk of us, right? It sucks, doesn't it? Like, it's, it's, it's the worst. Um, I, I recently have, uh, have gone on a diet. Now, before you give me that, why would you do that at Christmas time? That's a terrible decision. I'm an idiot, okay? Like, I know, I, I thought I could, I, I rejected people's advice, I thought I could beat the Christmas feeding frenzy, I was wrong, okay? But I, I am, I'm pretty happy to say, since going on the side, I have, I have lost a little bit of weight. Now, this is, of course, a, a temporary situation. Um, it's, it's all going to come back on. Um, but I, I am excited uh, about this diet I'm on. I've actually, I've actually paid money to go on a meal plan, okay? Like a meal plan, uh, because this meal plan... Uh, claims that it has a 100% success rate. Um, it is going to get you to achieve your fitness goals. They tailor it to, to your needs and all that kind of stuff. But they claim 100% success rate. And I, I'm actually, I'm feeling a little bit healthier. I, I'm, I'm feeling thinner. And I think it's great what they do because I, I think it's going to work because what this diet does, what this meal plan does to help you achieve your goals is they don't give you any food, Okay. <laughs> I'm starving all the time. Um, it's miserable, but it's working, I think. And uh, this all kind of stemmed from the fact that for the past 18 months or so, I've uh, had a gym membership at a gym in Nambour. I've had a gym membership, paid money for a gym membership for a gym to which I've seen the inside of three times, okay, in the last 12 to 18 months. And uh, it's, it's why I would say that I would have uh, what I would call a dad bod, even though I don't have any kids yet. Um, not a great situation to be in going into 2020, um, hence my diet. But um, I, I went to this gym so infrequently that I would get like texts from them. I don't know if you've ever been to the gym or, you know, membership and all that kind of stuff. You get texts when you don't go for about a fortnight and they give you that, hey, Stephen, 
remember us, like that passive-aggressive kind of like, hey, do you still care about your life? You know, like, if you've left the country, this is what I said, if you've left the country, let us know and we'll cancel your membership. Because the only reason why someone would pay that much money to go to the gym that inconsistently is if they left the country and didn't tell anyone about it, okay? So on top of all of that, you know, you would have seen this before. You go on Facebook, you see people's transformation pics, you know, like the before and the after. You know, I was, I was this big and now I've got 17 abs and all I had to do was work out twice a day and eat kale every meal. You know, it's anyone can do it. It's achievable. And, you know, and then I would convince myself that they were lying so I would keep avoiding the gym and be on that cycle of guilt and lying to myself and comfort eating. And then and, and here I am on a diet at Christmas time, but it made me ask myself the question, made me ask myself, why do they have what they want and I don't? Like, what, what am I missing? What am I doing wrong? Now, before you point out the obvious, okay, it took me, not the sharpest tool in the shed, okay, it took me a while, but I, I, it made me ask the question, and it's kind of a life question, how can someone want the same thing as me, but have a completely different experience? How can someone want the same thing as me, but have a completely different experience? And maybe you're here this morning, you're at the end of your year, at the end of the decade, and you've thought to yourself, surely there's more. Surely there's more to life than this. Surely there's more to faith than this. I mean, I, I see people speak about this all the time. John and people who speak, they have all these amazing faith experiences, but I'm here struggling to get to Friday. You know, like, surely there's more. I'm hearing the things on a Sunday, but I'm not seeing them out there on a Monday. I think we all kind of sit in this tension a little bit of, man, I think God has more for me. And I want to explore that today on our final AM service of 2019. There is a, an amazing moment in history where one of the disciples of Jesus, his name's Peter, he received the Holy Spirit, he received the, the, the power of God, the presence of God, and then he went out and, and preached a message that saw 3,000 people start following Jesus. We're going to check this out together this morning. It's going to come up on the screen. Anytime now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I like that angle. There we go. All right, good stuff. Um, says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. See, that's, if you're thinking that sounds crazy, maybe this isn't kind of your scene, you think that's crazy. Even they thought that was crazy, okay? They're just trying to explain. We, fire just came into this room. We were freaking out. This is what it kind of looked like, okay? And it says, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Next slide. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered by their own languages being spoken by the believers. Now, at this point, the crowd's kind of amazed, but they're also kind of like, these guys are insane, okay? Like, I, and honestly, like we'll read in a minute, they think that these, the disciples of Jesus are drunk, okay? They think these guys have had way too much, you know, uh, they're on holiday, they've just been, you know, it's, it's that time of year, they're crazy or they're drunk. And, and this is Peter's response. I think this is just so funny. Like, hear the aggression in his voice here. He says, Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, shouted, meaning he, he shared a message, like, like what I'm, I'm doing to you now, right? He said, listen carefully. 
all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this, these people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. I'm just going to let that sit there for anyone who needs to hear that this morning. Uh, it's Christmas time. No, 9 a.m. is still 9 a.m. Uh, and, and he finishes, he goes on to speak about Jesus. He goes on to, uh, to talk about how Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies and how Jesus is the Son of God. He's a Savior of all, amazing message. And it finishes with this. It says, those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is amazing, right? But what, what is so different about this story? What stands out? Why, why does Peter get all the attention? Why does he get mentioned and the other believers don't? Well, I believe it's because Peter was the only one that was recorded receiving from God and then using what he's been given. He did something with it. And see, here's the, here's the issue I've discovered with my faith at times and the faith of, of many people I interact with. See, God gives us so many things. Brendan was talking before about the promises of God. In fact, there's going to be a slide that comes up just to list a few. God gives us so many amazing things, freedom, hope, purpose, love, forgiveness, all these amazing things. But so many of us, go through life without seeing these things become a reality in our day-to-day. You know, we can hear about joy, right, but then see it slip away just as quickly. Why is that? Well, I've got a theory. I think I know why. See, most people, I would say, would probably consider there to be two stages to following Jesus, right? Believing and receiving. You've probably heard of that if you follow Jesus, right? You believe and you receive, right? That's not all there is to it. It's kind of like a good dot point summary, right? Like, there's more, but that's a pretty good start. See, the problem with this is that what follows then, what follows that, is a gap. There's a gap between the beginning of our relationship with Jesus and then being with him one day, right? I like to call that gap Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, life, right? There's this gap that we all sit in. Why is it that we can believe and receive on on Sunday, but then see something completely different on a Monday? Why is it that we can hear about all these things on a weekend, get excited about what God has planned for us during worship and all these things, but then walk into work on Monday and and feel distant? And go through a tough situation and feel helpless. I believe it's because our faith was meant to go beyond just believe and receive beyond a Sunday, beyond things will be better one day. And I would like to suggest to you this morning that there is actually a third step to the process. There is a, an extension to the norm. See, there's believing, there's receiving, but then there's accessing right? I'm going to believe in God, meaning I'm going to put my trust in Him. I'm going to put my faith in Him. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to receive from God. I receive new life. I receive forgiveness of my sins, my mistakes. I receive a new status as a child of God, purpose, hope, a future. But then I'm going to access those things day to day. I'm going to walk in those things. I'm not just going to receive them. I'm going to access them and let them change my life. There's receive, there's believe, and then there's accessing. See, this isn't, this isn't revolutionary stuff, but it can be so easy, right? As for people, as people, it's so easy for us to forget that joy 
is actually available in the storm, not just in the quiet. Purpose is actually available in the mundane, not just in the one day. But there's that gap that we all sit in. See, the problem is most people stop after step two, believe in Jesus, receive from him, and then I go about living my life. You know, if something comes up, I've got to figure this out, better get myself through it. All the while we have this, this, these promises, these gifts that God has given us waiting to be used. Let me show you what I mean. Ash, uh, can I have my prop? I, I, I like props. I'm a visual learner. This is going to help me. might help one of you or two of you maybe. Who knows? Um, can anyone tell me what this thing is? Seriously, I have no idea. Can anyone tell me what this thing is? I've never seen one of these before in my life. It's a checkbook, yes. Um, see, I think checks are hilarious um, because, like, like, I just think it's funny. Like, checks essentially are money with a catch, right? Like, it's like someone gives you money and then says, I'm not getting this out of my account for you. You go do it. If you want it, you go do it, right? Like, I, and I, I got to admit, my dream for this message was to have a, you know, one of those, like, giant, uh, like, huge checks. It was going to be really funny. Like, it was going to be really visual. And it was going to be really great. You could read what it says. Uh, but then I found out they cost $50 each. And uh, so I went with my backup plan, which is, your imagination, uh, which is which is free. Um, so, I've had um, I've had you know one or two experiences with these things uh, with my grandparents. Um, not not that that's saying anything, but like, my um, probably the wrong crowd to make that joke, isn't it? Um, uh, um, uh, all right, let's pray. Let's go have breakfast. What do you reckon? It's a good preach. Um, my, uh, my grandpa, he gave uh, Ashley and I uh, a $500 check for our wedding. It was a lot of money, um, but it was obviously a special occasion. And uh, we thought, you know, to help with the wedding and, uh, or to you know, help with the honeymoon, all that kind of stuff. And we thought we would ju- we'd just we'll leave it till after the honeymoon so we can buy things like cooking utensils and all the things that grown-ups buy. Um, so we thought we'll leave it till when we get back to the, uh, from the honeymoon. We get back... And then, for whatever reason, we didn't spend it. The bank's like five minutes down the road. That's a lot of effort. So we just thought, you know what? Let's put it in the drawer. We'll use it later. So we put it in the bottom drawer in the kitchen. Now, I've discovered every man and woman that owns a house has a bottom drawer in the kitchen, okay, or somewhere. This drawer has no overall purpose to the household. It's the junk drawer, right? We store things in this drawer, that have no overall purpose. We think we'll use them one day, but we never do. Things like dead batteries, things like loose tools, instructions to things we don't even own anymore, like things like dead mobile phones. I'll use this again one day. Like, no. And for whatever reason, this is where our $500 check ended up. And uh, the sad part is not only did we not use it, but it sat there for over a year. Over a year, and in this year, you know, it's first year of marriage, like most people, you, you know, you pay rent, you pay bills, it's, you know, it's a bit of a struggle, money's not, like, flying in, you know, like, it's, uh, you know, you struggle with these things, you know, we're on, on a diet, or your young adult diet, we're 21, we're eating, you know, like, two-minute noodles and, and soup, why is soup a thing? Uh, but, you know, we're, we're, eating, we're eating this stuff, all the while, we had $500 sitting in our bottom drawer, And it was funny, it made me realize that just because you've received something doesn't mean you're accessing it or it's impacting your life at all, right? Just because you've received something doesn't mean it's it's affecting you. And you know, 
The sad part is, and the crazy part is, it is far too common for people's faith to look just like that. And I believe in Jesus, put my faith in him, I receive from him, I start that journey, but then something comes up in life, and instead of going to that bottom drawer, getting out that promise that God has given you, flip, I better figure this out for myself. I better struggle and strive and make it through. 2019, not a great year. Hey, 2020, it could be better. Who knows? Like, how do you know if you do this? How do you know if this relates to you? Well, the last time you went through a tough season, was God the first one you went to? Or did you try to figure it out yourself? In your day-to-day life, your Monday to Friday, the, the grind that you're in, the work, are you walking in purpose or are you hanging out for the weekend, waiting for this season to come to an end, looking to one day? Even if you don't believe in Jesus, even if there's not your thing, you would have experienced this in your own life before. I mean, how many times have you gotten yourself into a situation or, or something has happened in life and you thought to yourself, how on earth am I going to get myself out of this? I do not see a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a struggle because our own strength and our own ability and our, and our own smarts, they can only get us so far. But God is so good that he gives us new life. And I'm not saying that God is going to make us prosperous all the time, okay? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, like, you know, if you're struggling, you're doing something wrong. No, 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 not at all. I I am saying, though, that we all metaphorically have one of these. And God is amazing. He's given us these incredible things. He's given us, and I'm hoping it's going to come up on the camera. You're probably not going to be able to read it. Hello. If you can't read it, that says hope. And it says unlimited. He's given us purpose. (laughs) He's given us... I need a big one. Yeah, man, this would have been so good. Uh, But he's given us... He's given us hope. He's given us purpose. He's given us joy. He's given us a future. He's given us wholeness. The only question is, will you claim what's been given to you? Will you claim what's yours? Will you go beyond just receiving and start accessing what God has given you? Will you not look just to what is in front of you, but what, look to what God has given you and what he's promised you? Come on, I have received hope when I put my faith in Jesus, but I'm accessing hope in the storm that I'm in right now. I have received purpose when I became a child of God, but come on, I'm claiming what's been given to me, and I'm going to walk in purpose. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to play my part in His mission. It's time to claim what's yours. Receive, believe, receive, and access and I, I, I kind of hope this is a little bit helpful, or at least a little bit thought-provoking, at least. You know, when I kind of was discovering this in the Bible and talking to people, like, my jaw was on the floor the whole time. But hopefully this is at least, like, you know, getting your mind thinking a little bit that there could be more. But the question remains is, okay, if we need to access these promises, how? How on earth do I do that in the job that I hate? You know, all, all these, how do I do that in the season that I'm in? Now, I, of course, I, I don't have all the answers. You know, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to drift a little bit. We're all going to try to figure things out by ourselves. Well, I don't think we're ever going to fully make it with our faith. We're, I don't think we're ever going to fully perfect it. And I think that's okay. But I think there is a step that we can take. There's always a step that we can take. God is about those next steps. 
And there is a, a man named Paul, one of the authors in the Bible, one of the most influential Christians of all time, did incredible things for God and also suffered incredibly. Like he, he would share the gospel. He would, he would see heaps of people come to know Jesus, but then he'd be put in prison. He'd be beaten. He'd be betrayed by his friends. If anyone had authority to speak into this tension, it's him. And funnily enough, he does just that. It's in the book of First Thessalonians, and it's going to come up on the screen. And it says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is what God wants for you. It says, Rejoice when? Always. Pray when? Continually. Give thanks when? In all circumstances. What? is Paul saying here. He's saying our faith isn't a stagnant faith. It's a moving faith. It isn't a one-time decision. It's a daily transformation. It's not just meant to help you on a Sunday. It's meant to help you on a Monday. He's saying, don't just receive the check, access it. Don't just hear the promise, use them. And I think actually these three things really practical. I I like being practical. I think these things can really practically help us this morning. So let's just sit with them for a moment. It says, rejoice always. Now, when I saw this, I was like, impossible. That's not happening. Like, does that literally mean to just be happy all the time? Like, to never feel unhappy. Like, have you ever met that person that's just constantly happy and constantly smiling and there's nothing that bothers them? Like, I I love them, but I'm always thinking, like, you're hiding something. Like, what's going on here? It's it's 9 a.m., you've been drinking. You know, like, what? whatever. Like... (laughs) Um, (laughs) like I wish I was like that being able to be happy all the time sure but even Jesus would feel sadness from time to time how can we possibly avoid it see the key word there is feel see happiness and rejoicing are different things happiness is a feeling happiness is completely circumstantial happiness is based on what events are happening in our lives, what's going on. And life is a roller coaster, right? Like, you don't need me to tell you that. One minute's great, one minute's not. And therefore, our emotions are as well. One minute you're happy, one minute you're not. I like to think of happiness as the one-day feeling. Like, one day I'll be happy. I'll be happy when I get that dream job. I'll be happy when I get that perfect family. I'll be happy when I'm out of this season. But see, rejoicing is completely different. Rejoicing is a choice. Happiness is based on external events. Rejoicing is based on internal conviction. Rejoicing is a choice that we can actively make, not to focus on the things that's happening to us, but to focus on the God that's with us through the every single step of the, of the, of the, of the mess. Rejoicing is is a choice that we can all make. Now, this is a choice that's not always easy, but we can make that choice to focus on the difficulty and to get frustrated and to get upset and to get overwhelmed and to try to figure it out by ourselves. Or we can focus on, make the choice to focus on what God has done in our lives and what he says he will do in our lives. To celebrate, rejoicing means to be joyful, to celebrate. It's an active choice. It's an action word. A verb, I believe. (laughs) Just dropping some knowledge. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. When we feel our joy is being stolen, we can make the choice right then in that moment to rejoice. We can access joy. Joy has been given to us. We can access it. Pray continually. Another one where I was like, okay, Paul, sounds easy. You know, like, I'll just pray all the time. Sounds like a fun time. You know, like, never stop praying ever can do. But again, this isn't what it seems like on the surface. What Paul is actually saying, he's not saying to literally never stop praying. What he's saying is to bring Jesus into every situation. To bring Jesus into every situation. He's saying when things come knocking on your door, when something tries to steal your peace, seek God first, not last. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying set your focus on the things of God, not just what's going on in front of you. And I love prayer because prayer, it changes our perspective, right? Like it changes our perspective from a horizontal focus to a vertical focus, Horizontal to vertical. See, life is very horizontal. It's very what's in front of you, right? And you could be walking on having the best week of your life, and then all of a sudden, oh, bills come along. Oh, fighting with the family. Oh, something else. I've made a mistake. Oh, overwhelmed at work. Oh, kids are mucking around. Better send them to Y High. Oh, you know, I've got to do... Gotta do all these. Oh, this is going on. Oh, made a mistake. Oh, oh my gosh, is this is this all this God's plan for my life? Stephen said it would be better. You know, like what is going on? And that's how we can so easily walk through life, obstacle to obstacle, when our view is horizontal. But what prayer does is it lifts our focus above our circumstances, above what's right in front of us, and it sets our focus on God. It allows us to say, wow, God, you are big. Wow, you are amazing. You know, I can do this. You've got my back. It's going to be okay. It shifts our focus. See, for me, I, um, I try to make a habit of praying three times a day. Um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner is how I remember it. Yeah, that just works, works for me. I want to start my day off by, by uh, you know, uh, seeking God and, and getting my heart right at the beginning of the day. Then about halfway through the day, oh man, people can get on your nerves. I better pray again. You know, like, I've got to get through the rest of this day. And then at the end of the day, I want to thank God for all he's done for, for me and, and through me in that day. That's, that's what works for me. And that's the, the journey I'm trying to be on. But figure out what works for you. Hey, if you're lacking purpose in your day-to-day living, maybe you can just say a prayer before you walk through the doors in the morning on a Monday saying, hey God, this isn't the season I want to be in. This isn't the job I want to have, but you've got me here for a reason. Can you show me that reason? Can you help me to make the most of what I'm doing today? Figure out what works for you because prayer is a game changer. And once again, this is a choice that we can make in that moment to bring Jesus into the situation and to allow him to take the lead. And finally, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I have experienced this in my life, but like the opposite effect of when you don't do this. See, when I go a day, even half a day, without praying and giving thanks to God, I turn into the grumpiest, moodiest four-year-old child you've ever seen in your life. Like complete drama. It's true. Thanks, Brian. That's a very appreciated for the feedback. I'll write that down. Um, <laughs> did I just get a heckle from you, Brian? <laughs> That's good. But it's for real, though. It's actually true. It is really true. Like, you know, someone will say, hey, Stephen, how you doing? Not good. 
What do you want to do? Nothing. Stephen, the bin's overflowing. Oh, my gosh. This house would fall apart without me. (laughs) Yeah, that's how lucky my wife is, you know, to have me. Um, But I, I, I turned into a bit of a drama queen, okay, to be honest. Because, okay, enough of you guys, all right? Don't make me come down there. I haven't prayed today, okay? I'm feeling on edge. But see, being thankful, it changes things, right? It changes the atmosphere. It changes the heart. It's amazing. Even scientifically, it's been proven to greatly improve your health. Being thankful, having a grateful attitude improves your mental health. It improves your self-esteem, your outlook in life. It even reduces stress levels and increases sleep levels, Yes, please, right? Like, that's, it's amazing that science is actually confirming what God said through Paul thousands of years ago. I think that's just phenomenal, right? But giving thanks changes things. And because of Jesus, there is always a reason to be thankful. Sometimes you've got to look for it, but there's always a reason to be thankful. Health, family, friendship, a job, a future, food on the table. Just the fact that God is saved you and you're his and he's got plans for you always a reason to be thankful and the best part is back on that feelings thing we don't always have to feel thankful to be thankful right you don't have to feel thankful you don't have to feel grateful to be thankful being real with you this morning like i did not feel like rejoicing this week I I did not feel like being thankful at all this week. This has been one of those weeks that has just sucked. It's one of those weeks where you go, God, man, what what is going on? But you know, I was reminded of this week that God isn't defined by our circumstances and therefore we shouldn't be either. Because of Jesus... We can rejoice even when we don't feel like it. We can be thankful even in the struggle. So this week, I had to access the promises that God had made to me. And I had to choose to rejoice in the middle of it. I had to choose to be thankful in the struggle. And just you watch, if you do this, I promise you, when you learn to do that, that is when you will see hope in the hopelessness. That is when you will see peace in the storm. That is when you will see joy and purpose even in the mundane. It's amazing what God can do in our lives when we make the decision. Do you see a pattern here? Do you see a pattern here? God has given us so much, but he's also given us the opportunity and the responsibility to do something with it, to access it. See, these things, they're practical. (laughs) They're practical things you can do. Imagine if you just picked one of these things in 2020. Imagine if you just picked one thing that you were going to focus on, that you were going to access. See, doing these things take discipline, but hey, if you want the gym, bud, you've got to go to the gym. Sorry to say. Not that I can speak into that at all, but if you want to experience all that God has for you, you've got to access what he's already promised you. 
See, the issue is when we believe in God and we receive, but then we go back and do things our normal way of living, we don't access these things. That's when the issues arise. And I would be, I would be so bold to say that maybe, just maybe, the things that are stealing your peace and your joy and your hope and all these things that God has given you might be the things that you're leaving God out of. It could very well be the thing that you're leaving God out of. If, if you're not feeling joy in your relationship, have you tried bringing Jesus into the center of it? You're not feeling purpose in your life. Have you tried seeking God's purpose rather than just yours? See, these three things, I believe, rejoicing, giving thanks, praying continually, what they're doing is they're setting our focus on Jesus, bringing him into the equation, putting our circumstances and God in the right perspective. And they allow us to access and walk in what God has promised us each and every day. And the key, surprise, surprise, is, is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We set our focus on him. We live our lives with him. We make the decision to access what he's given us. Then, then I really believe we'll walk with a different light. We'll walk with a different perspective. We'll view our lives with a different perspective. Believe, receive, then access. So I want to leave you uh, with, with, with a question that I think is just going to practically help you as you go into the new year. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, want, I, I want this to be something that you wrestle with. Like, I've been wrestling this for a, a long time. I, I, like I said, I don't think it's anything that, something that we're ever going to fully conquer. But, man, I want to I take a next step. I want to move closer towards God and His plan for me, and I think this will help. So my question is, what is one thing that God has given you that you're going to access in 2020? in the new decade. What is one thing? If you could pick one word that's going to define your whole year, what will it be? Purpose, hope, joy, freedom, love, wholeness. Just pick one. Start there. And my follow-up question to that is, and this is that whole partnership, that relationship, God's done his part, He wants us to do something now as well. What are you going to do to make it happen? What what are you going to do to make it happen? See, if God has given you hope, how are you going to access it? You know, I'm going to access joy by choosing to rejoice. I'm going to access purpose. I'm going to walk in purpose by choosing to pray and to seek God. I'm going to access hope in the middle of the storm by finding something to be thankful for, whatever that might look like for you. See, Peter was standing at the beginning of a new era when he accessed what God had given him, just as we are here today. We're standing at the beginning of a new year, a new decade, a fresh start. He made the choice to access what God had given him, to go beyond just receiving, to use what God had given him, to change his world and to change the world. Will you do the same? Will you claim what's yours? God has given us so much. He wants us to walk in it. He wants it to transform our lives. 
Let me pray for you this morning. God, I thank you so much that you are here with us. God, you don't just kind of stand from a distance and watch us and make us figure this whole thing out by ourselves. But God, you are present in our trouble. You are present in the good and the bad. And God, we know that you have promised us all these things. You've shown your love to us. You've given us hope and joy and purpose, all these amazing things. God, help us to access them. Help us to use our faith to make an impact, not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. God, I pray for everyone here going into 2020, a new year. God, that you would be the center for them, that they would experience all that you have for them, and that we would just take that little step closer to you, that we would leave this place just that little bit better off because of all that you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by what you heard and inspired to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. Hope you can join us again on the next podcast or here at Suncoast Church.